1: And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
3: It's hour two of the G-Bag Nation on uh, 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a great day. It is time now for a sports hodgepodge. Here's your hodgepodge host, Eric Chiafalo.
4: All right, so uh, nothing says draft season quite like uh, analysts putting their foot in their mouth a little bit. And uh, as we get more and more into the process, I'm sure there's going to be more feet inserted in, in mouths. But uh, let's start with Todd McShea, ESPN. Uh, he is talking about what most people believe to be the best player in the draft, uh, just despite position, defensive tackle, Georgia Big Jalen Carter. Love him. Walchuk is him. like, oh my gosh, you can see his face right now. Yeah, he's biting his lip. It's like, uh, mm. it feels like if you look at mm. Walchuk's face, every time I just say the name Jalen Carter, it feels like Walchuk's face just is showing like height of pleasure. And, and Jalen Carter will bring that out of you if you're a football guy and you watch him. He is a He's a monster beast, and he might go number one, uh, but he's pretty much the consensus best player in the draft. But uh, here's Todd McShay alluding to some alleged – quote-unquote character concerns that are uh, maybe not true?
0: It's interesting with Carter because we we all agree it doesn't take a super scout to figure out that he's a phenomenal player in the interior. Mm -hmm. With Carter, there's some character issues. Does he get along with everybody? What's he like to deal with in the locker room? Those sorts of issues. I know it's early in the process, but I'm forewarning everyone out there. Carter's going to be kind of a hot-button name when we talk about some of the intangible aspects of it. I think, though, with Pete Carroll, sitting here number two, who has a long history of taking guys that have quote-unquote questionable character and then developing them and having it work out, it makes a lot of sense to me. But that will be the big discussion. It's not about his talent. It's not about his size. It's not about his explosive takeoff or finishing as a pass rusher. It's about the, the character. Do we want to bring that guy into the building?
4: Okay, so I know you guys were looking around like crazy brought us a Moltrick like wait, Seattle at number 2. Yeah. I think this How is in the context this is in the context of some trade scenario that they've already okay, I guess gone okay. through. This isn't Todd McShay not knowing who. It wasn't so quite like that mad. Number two. Okay. I, thought yeah. were quite I thought they bad. That. It got yeah. my well, attention. Was that. I was like, "How did yeah.
0: Snyder get to two? <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, uh, yeah. Brodus is like, "Wait, I would have already known about this particular trade." <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. They don't have the second overall pick. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. a hypothetical trade, but the it was the character concerned thing, and it was like I, this is the first I had heard of it, and then everybody just started crushing Todd McShay, and then everybody started retweeting college football writer for the Athletic Bruce Feldman, who has an article basically dedicated to what how great of a person Jalen.
2: Carter is. That's all I've heard about is uh, his teammates love him. He's yeah. a great character guy. He's been a leader for them. So
4: how this I, happen, Todd? I don't know how this happens to Todd. He, hes I don't know that he's necessarily making it up, pulling it out of thin air, but it's certainly on him to, especially when it comes to the character of a player, like making very, very sure you've got this nailed yeah. before you run with it. But I don't even want to focus on just crushing Todd for this, okay? Yeah, even that, though that, we that, could that. probably spend 15 minutes doing that. I did just want to read a, por- a portion of the article to just highlight how actually seemingly, awesome this Jalen Carter fella is not even just as a physical specimen on the football field. Bruce Feldman writes before the season Carter found out that one of his walk-on D lineman teammates could not eat all the meals that the scholarship defensive linemen were getting. Walk-ons are not allowed to, uh, to eat lunch uh, but this particular year players, players walk-on players. They're making that in bulk. For the first time players this year walk-ons at Georgia. I don't know if this is commonplace across the sport but they, they were allowed to if they wanted to buy hmm. the meal. So the walk on player was given the opportunity if they wanted to purchase the meal that the scholarship players were getting for free every day, they could do that. Up until this year, I guess, walk on players just not getting. You're not not even allowed in here. You're not even allowed in here. Wow. Yeah, pretty much. Quote Uh this is is from the player who was the walk on who wasn't allowed to eat. Says Jalen, Jalen heard about that. I'm the only walk on in the defensive line room. And so Jalen goes, I'm not going to let that happen. And he used his scholarship money to pay for me to get lunch every single day. And so Wallace is like, man, this is ridiculous to hear someone critical of Carter's character. Quote, you honestly don't know the guy if you think that. You can ask anybody on the team, whether it's the O-line that he bullies every day out there or or anyone. Everybody thinks he's an all-around great guy, and I think he'll be great for any team that picks him. Uh, and the cool part about this is not only that, but then what, what the trickle effect that that had on the rest of the Georgia football team, he says that started a wildfire with some of our good players who benefited from the NIL stuff and were yeah. making a little bit of coin, picking different guys in their position group to make sure they're good so they could eat every time we eat, just like you're a scholarship player. No one told him to do that. The nutrition, uh, the nutritionist informed me about it. He, uh, he Had she not told me, I wouldn't have known about it. And that's what I like about it. So, uh, mostly just wanted to, uh, yes, Todd McShay, uh, maybe Bleep of the Week nominee, but Jalen Carter, great dude. Stay maybe done. Todd thinks that's an NCAA violation to
0: buy
3: your teammate lunch. <laughs> yeah. well, I it probably. Red yes. flag here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, locker
2: room concerns. He's a rule breaker.
0: Yeah, that's pretty I, good. You know, just to go back with McShay, that's a very dangerous thing to say on air. Yeah. You know, and and, and you know, to me, you have to be very careful that you have all those uh, T's crossed and I's dotted. Is you're going after somebody on a character thing, now now you're opening yourself up to guys like myself who just study this from the media aspect. Well, now do I need to ask my guys what's going on with Carter? Yeah, is there you know? And I guarantee if I gang a seven, this thing it would Mm -hmm. probably be the same thing as the teammate was talking about. But you know, there might be a, a scout or two out there that's you know uncovered something. I just don't know how you would go on TV and and, and say that unless you unless you absolutely had something, uh, you know that that you can tangibly say. That's there's, interesting. That
3: yeah. that maybe there's something that only he knows or that's, that's making that's its way thing. through. But yeah. I th- I thought when I first heard it that he must have had it mistaken with another name because it's so early in the process and I know it's what McShay does, but he's in the process of learning 250 guys or so and there's just so many angles on the backgrounds. Is it possible that he conflated two?
0: You know, anything's possible there. But when you're talking about a guy that's potentially the first overall pick, that that in itself, I don't think you can get wrong.
3: Yeah, I no, you know you're right. It's and, first and, overall pick. I, yeah. I
0: just feel like you know I'm gonna. I, he's he's at least made it interesting to me now to like. I mean, we, we watch the tape. We sit down and watch the guy, and we think he's one of the top three players in the draft. But now you talk about well, what? Then what's these character issues that they're talking about? Yeah, and then you've got people on the other side saying, "No, wait a minute! This guy's, this guy's coming out of his own pocket to make sure guys has lunch every day." Sure,
3: Four oh five that, That's that's an awesome story. I, it I love. Hearing i think stuff it's, a like that. Story. Yeah. it's a great story. Great story. Four oh five says Bucky Brooks did the same thing to Micah. There were like reported hazing violations that involved like team punishment with Micah in his freshman year. I think so. At least there was a paper trail there. This is you know totally unreported.
0: Bucky is family friends with Micah Parsons' family. Hmm. that's why he did what he did Hmm. Hmm. he knew he knew he's he's like a he has a relationship with Micah's family
3: so he did it in a way that that got the story out while they could kind of yeah and actually actually actually
0: if the 405 might be listening there it might it was on the draft show he said that on the draft show about about what was going on but Bucky has Bucky has known Micah Parsons family and Micah Parsons is like his whole career So that's why, you know, that's why Bucky said
4: what he said. I'm not privy to all of the details in regards to those alleged hazing things with Micah. So the details might be a little bit, you know, uh, out there. Hazy. Uh, Yeah, a little bit hazy. But I will say, if you're a true freshman at a place like Penn State and you're doing the hazing, gosh dang it, you're an alpha. (laughs) Get on my defense right now,
3: sir. (laughs) Holy hell, he's a freshman.
4: Wow. That's beast mode. Uh, speaking yeah, it of wasn't good some uh, the, the details were a little bit yeah, wild. it was not good so we have Ohio State quarterback CJ Stroud who maybe has intrigue from the Cowboys uh, he revealed that fans were sending him money on Venmo during the season uh, and they were also doing it really just to criticize his play because during the season he, he like goes ghost mode on the social media but like he still has Venmo and stuff you don't really consider that being something that You could find toxic things in there if you're one of these players. And these college fans are rabid. So you got to be careful at every turn. He says it's a two-way street. We're all humans. People tell you they don't care. They're blocking it out. For me and my teammates being at Ohio State, if you have social media or any type of technology, Ohio State fans have it. I was getting direct messages. I don't have social media during the season. I was getting DMs on Venmo the money app through fans telling me to play better. It comes with the territory. It's insane. <laughs> I've learned a lot. It, c- it comes with the territory stuff, but I'm like, wow. So somebody's going to send him however much money just so that they can also leave a message of, yeah. hey, get your bleep together, bro. a 100
0: bucks, so like rip your ass
3: right. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's like a public <laughs> ledger, too. So everybody sees you giving money to CJ Stroud and offending him, right? Yeah, well, you couldn't go private with that. Oh, you, you can, can go, go private, private okay. if, if you want
4: yeah, to. Yeah, I
2: go private with Eric. I'm like, here's for, thanks for the new panty you know little stuff like that
4: (laughs) yeah Yeah, Yeah. he doesn't want that getting out there but he has no problem saying it into the microphone No, not at all but uh but that's the that's the evolution of of fan criticism man you got to watch your venmo and maybe you say it's worth it if you're going to pay me to criticize me at least there's some avenue of benefits on my end
0: yeah i i i know when when gavin and i had that whole thing with mccaffrey people were going on facebook on me and i just follow on facebook just for birthdays hmm. is the only reason i would follow along on that but there were people sending me messages through that yeah and then through instagram which i haven't ever posted anything since yeah. 2014 so i mean they will find you they yeah. will find ways to attack you uh through the social media if they can
3: yeah they they tore my dms pretty good that was a that was a fun couple what of weeks. on twitter
0: or yeah. Uh, no. On
3: Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Facebook was the maybe one maybe Instagram too. Yeah, I just don't check yeah, them that Yeah, Facebook
0: much. and Instagram was the one that was I was surprised about. I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, I just kind of muted everybody on Twitter, but the the Facebook one I was like, wait a minute, I'm just following along here for birthdays. You know, my teammates. Keep up my L S U guys. Yeah. But they go. were they were lining up for that. You know, like oh, karma, you bitch. Oh, you know, <laughs> that, you know kind of well, yeah. We were like the we were like the number
3: one enemies in San Francisco oh, for yeah. a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. It was yeah. interesting. But now that it's was all said.
2: You guys can just send Lisa McCaffrey
0: saying, "Don't be d's." Yeah, you're no. all, you're all yeah. good. Yeah. I I do appreciate Gavin. Kind of the next day, kind of like, oh, okay, if that's what you want to go, ma'am. That's oh, fine. We're good. It
3: was therapeutic for her to get that offer. chest. it really Kevin. was. Yes. It yeah. was. You
4: could tell she needed. Wanted that. to give her that opportunity. Yeah. good Here, for her. Here's AJ Brown on busting with the boys, talking about the links that his head coach Nick Sirianni will go to remind the team that it's all about the details.
5: Uh, so the other day, um, the other day I was uh, I got in the car after I hit to work, and I and I see my neighbor as I sit in my car. I see my neighbor. Uh, walking her dog, right? And she's walking her dog, and um, the dog goes to the bathroom, you know. Um, and um, she she gets the bag out, she gets the bag out, she has, she scoops she scoops the the dog the the, the dog. Yeah, the shit. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> with the hand, right? Yeah, the- and um, and I'm just thinking that I'm just thinking, like, you know. Everything she did in that exact moment, you know how she scooped it, how she got the bag the Bro, technique. no way, no way, no way. So he was like, so this, 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 this would be funny. It was like it's in the detail, guys. <laughs> it's in the detail. <laughs> no it's, way. In the, it's in the detail. Ain't no, now, f- no, way, no, but this way, this, example, this example, but it's in the details. You know how she, how she scooped down. She, she gets the bag out first, and she put, she put her four fingers together, and then she scoops. <laughs> she <laughs> And that's what we guess. are. We're in the details of this thing. And that's what we got to do. And it's i <laughs> what's nah, uh, bro? Because he go from, he go from like, the volume be like low to he high. get uh, high. Yeah, so I be he like. He will be doing bro, that. Bro, come on. <laughs> I be like, come on, go. <laughs> so that's, that's like good. Nick Sirianni will
4: like take a, a little lesson of seeing his neighbor picking up the dog poop and then turn it into like a motivational tactic uh, for his team. The okay, details. So that was A.J. Brown reciting mm. like a story that Nick Sirianni would give to his team. It's all about the details. Let's go out on that football field and, mm. and win games. Nothing better what than learning right? from <laughs> picking <laughs> up the dog
3: poop. <laughs> I'm convinced that that Giants defensive back was right. And this guy Sirianni has nothing. He was just blessed with a great roster. And the first time really he came up GM. against a, a great player and a better quarterback and a, and a coach, he, he, he got torn up pretty good. That's disgusting, though. Like, the human that takes their hand for the dog poop, your neighbor will get over it, you know? You can come back with a bag. An oh, ex-girlfriend yeah, of mine one, once did that. She once did that because she oh, felt no. so bad about her dog. You know, she had the poop bag with her, and she picked it up at the first stop. But the dog had extra, you know, it had eaten too much or something. It was running off of the stomach. So yeah, we've all been there. Dog goes round to a few blocks later, and she didn't want to be the bad neighbor, so she reached down with her hand and picked it oh, up. Oh, that's, that's that's dedication, yeah. that's I, respect, and it's
4: disgusting. I don't know if vulgar. I if I love my girl more after no, that, I, or if I, it was, was less. Was that the deal breaker? For it's me? less. It was, it was part less. of it. Yeah,
2: I mean, I've had an incident where you know the the poor poor baby girl can't make it downstairs. You know, you're upstairs in an apartment. And ends up, ends up going in the hallway. So I'm not gonna just baby stop. Girl, this is a girlfriend? Oh, you yours? took a dog with you? It's no, this a is no, his dog. girlfriend. Oh, I was say, this is this your girlfriend? girlfriend? <laughs> this, is, this is this is a human being. No, okay. this is several years ago. <laughs> um, or um, baby you girl make him go watching a puppy yeah. dog. Puppy. No wonder you oh. can't keep a girlfriend. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I gotta walk <laughs> her downstairs. She, you know, take her outside. Okay. And she can't hold it, so she's gotta go midway through the hallway. The
4: baby dolls girls love. It's a crazy
2: situation what goes on here. But no, I'll just go back to the apartment, drop the dog back off, then get a bag and go and clean it. It's not. I'm not gonna go. Went and pick that up with my hand
3: yeah yeah I, I couldn't believe it when she told me i was like please make that story go away even faces yeah. huh? raise my memory for the last glad, three minutes
4: I'm Glad that. joke did you tell her he- right then and
0: there you were done
3: no i kept it to myself
4: I, I really? did. I was, yeah. But I ultimately, when you broke up, that was the that was the okay. tipping yeah. point. When she had a lot back. of redeeming qualities. Well, uh, let me ask yeah. you this then. Okay,
0: yeah. when you guys were kind of cuddling and stuff, did she like put her hand in your face? No, not that I what remember. What you thinking? Like no. every time she put her hand in your face, were you thinking about it? No, it was I was, was trying to fingers. forget <laughs> it.
3: I was trying to forget it as much as possible.
0: I will hear my fingers <laughs> in your mouth. Oh.
3: <laughs> yeah, bad, bad deal. Bad deal. Do not do that. Do not do that. You know, even if the neighbors are staring at you, just be like, hey, my bad. I'll come right back. I'll come right back. I promise. Yeah. We got to run, nation. Uh, a Cowboys Twitter. How much sense does the lead beat writer make when he's writing about why the Cowboys should do this and other topics? And we'll uh, have that for you. Then some baseball stuff right here on your home of the Rangers next in the fan.
1: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
3: Uh, there's a reason you need a special license to drive a big truck. So companies that hire drivers and put them in a big truck should be held accountable for what happens when one hurts you. Frankly, you need Franklin. Franklin, the consultation is always free at TruckWreck.com. How about this chart here? How often running backs had to run against eight-plus defenders in the box and their overall yards per carry in uh, 2022? This is at Sumer Sports, at Sumer, S-U-M-E-R, uh, sports pretty smart guy there um and uh some pretty cool stuff here for the cowboys like for example uh the cowboys faced so-called loaded boxes about average in the nfl about uh 22 and a half percent of the time uh tony pollard 5.3 yards per attempt and uh, let me see if i can find uh, zeke here about 3.7 yards per attempt. The absolute best guys in the NFL at doing this, Corderell Patterson, uh, Nick Chubb, Deontay Foreman, who's going to be a free agent. Okay, he, he faced loaded boxes damn near 40% of the time and was nearly five yards per attempt. So... There's a, you know, there's a couple of free agents out there that are, are in the upper echelon of that individual stat. And I'd say that's what you need to do in, in today's NFL. If you can continue to run after you've made them come after you, those are the guys that I'm looking at as, okay, maybe these guys are difference makers. And maybe that's what the Cowboys are looking at. Are you kidding me? Eight plus, and we're getting over five yards per carry when Tony's Mm -hmm. in these situations. And
4: I love this chart. I'm looking at it right now, and you can see names of guys that are on rookie contracts getting it done. I mean, Khalil Herbert, uh, Tyler Algier, Tyler Algier, yeah, Algiers, Travis Etienne. Um, Was he BYU?
2: Tyler Algier, uh, yeah, BYU sounds. Okay, I'm right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that you. does sound right. But I mean, he and he was an underrated guy last yeah. year, mid round pick.
4: Yeah, yeah. Ramondre Stevenson, Pacheco, Jeff Wilson. Uh, I think Miles Sanders is on a on a rookie deal too with the Eagles. Yeah, right? he's about to be yeah. a free agent. So mm-hmm. I mean, these are all guys that are making pennies on the dollar that yes, were were really really good. Yeah, a number of guys uh, there. So,
3: yeah, I guess that is like good validation if you're a pro Tony Pollard guy like, hey, but look at this. Look what he's able to do because he's so quick and has the great vision and he's, he's difficult to bring down despite his low weight. You know, there there are ways that this could work out as disappointing as it might be to be, uh, you know, in the business of doing second contracts with running backs. Now, David Moore in the Morning News posted this story four reasons why the Cowboys should tag Tony Pollard. Here's some more. I, I think this goes under chicken soup for your Cowboys soul at this point because all signs are pointing to it's going to happen, right? There's, is there any reason to believe, Brian, the Cowboys are going to back out of this? Everybody's reporting it like it's going to happen.
0: Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, to me, th- that's... I can say I am kind of in that wait and see mode on that. Okay, okay, I am I'm going to be on the wait and see on that one.
3: Now, David Moore's story does assume a couple of things. Uh, uh, number one, that you are going to use the tag, and yeah. because his first reason is it's cheaper than Dalton Schultz, ten million compared to what would be thirteen million dollars for the tight end tag. So, if you are going to do it, it's cheaper to do it with the running back. Uh, number two, signing a long second contract is risky. They just went through it with Ezekiel Elliott. The offense needs big plays. And that's the biggest one for me as I'm evaluating like this. What Tony Pollard brings that you might not be able to replace? That house call ability, you know? And that's the one thing where I'm like, man, you know, if if you really feel like Tony Pollard's not going to be able, or you're not going to be able to get those kinds of big plays, you know, and it's only a franchise tag, it's not a long-term extension, it's definitely more stomachable. And then just depth. They just don't have NFL-quality runners right now, and at this point, you need two of them. Maybe you could find one, you know, NFL-quality guys if you're not looking to to spend uh, premium resources. Could you find two? And especially with the history of this franchise's inability, right? What are their hits? DeMarco Murray, Ezekiel Elliott, and Tony Pollard. Over an 11-year period, they have found three running backs that they have brought into this team that could actually be a factor for you. Unless you count Darren McFadden, who was... You know,
4: kind of a volume carry type of dude. Yeah, and part of those numbers, part of those numbers being the way they are too, is because because you did invest so much in a guy like Zeke. You know that it's like, okay, we're not going to spend great resources on a backup here. They just ran him into the ground. Like if you didn't have Zeke, maybe you, you you're you're shooting shots at running backs at a little bit more frequent spot, and maybe you land on a couple of more. But I definitely hear what you're saying. But my gosh, dude, it seems like everybody across the league is able to relatively easily and cheaply find productive players. And it doesn't mean you're going to get exactly Tony Pollard, but are you going to get close to Tony Pollard for very, very little uh, in terms of draft capital or money uh, spending? Like, yeah, you're
3: probably going to be able to do that. Even uh, even Jeffrey Mitchell, you know, and he was traded from San Francisco to Miami, right? Oh, oh Jeffrey Wilson? Wilson? Jeffrey Wilson, yeah. yeah. He's a
2: free agent again this offseason. And okay. he is one of those guys that was high
4: up there in the, the eight-man right. eight boxes. I mean,
2: there's so many of them that are free agents. I mean, guys like you mentioned Deontay Foreman, Raheem Mostert, David Montgomery, who's been really good with the Bears, is going to be out there. There's a lot of guys that you can go and get if you want a guy that you know has been pro- productive in the NFL – that you can probably pay less than Tony Pollard. And I just think the Super Bowl is a reflection of this. What team has won the Super Bowl that has paid big money to the running back? And I don't want to just crap on the running back position because I do think you need to have a good running back. But I think it's just been proven that's not a position that you need to put high-level money into when it comes to paying other positions compared to that one. Yeah. to have a successful football It's the team. easiest
3: position. That and maybe inside linebacker, maybe strong safety to find somebody that can play at an NFL level at replacement level money. 817 asked Malik Davis. I was excited about him in a couple of different points, but in, in the playoff game, I think they told the truth on themselves when they needed something, anything, and, and they weren't going to him there in the second half.
0: I'm about to pull a Todd McShay here. Uh-oh. And I, I, I think that we need to dig in a little further. There might have been something about him going into that game. I need to I need to dig a little further on this. Okay. About uh about his availability.
3: Okay, so that and might not have been ability. Yeah. It might well, have been it, a weird thing. Well
0: it might have been something that we've we've I want to I, I want to make sure I say this the right sure. way. There's there is something that was holding him back in that game. Yeah. And I don't think it was a health related a thing. Malcolm
3: Butler type of practice week or something?
0: Something came up. Huh. Something came up and you know and now you've got the running back coach that's off at Tampa and all that. Maybe it might be a little bit easier, but I was hearing some whispers that there had to be some like, uh, you know, Hey, come on, you know, get into it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Be that guy, you know, that, that kind of thing. So, uh, I'll, I'll do some further research on that as well.
3: 469 Elliott's contract didn't affect the team from building a defense and special teams. Uh, one iota uh, prove me wrong. No, you're right. They do a great job at team building. But, you know, you got to ask yourself if they'd have had that uh, $12 million, could they have kept Amari Cooper or could they have found a different number one wide receiver? Like they're, they're building teams that are good enough to make the playoffs. But it's a collection of small mistakes that end up costing them big, like Jalen Smith and Ezekiel Elliott, there's $20 million of cap space right now. That's 10% of your cap. And 10% of the cap is huge. That could be one really awesome player or a handful of, uh, you know, better-than-replacement-level veterans that you just were not able to add to this team, and
2: you keep getting close but not over the top. But I will say this. From a Cowboys' lens, they like to keep their own. They've proven, to the article's point from the morning news, they do this they're probably bringing back Tony Pollard, whether it's the franchise tag oh, yeah. or they get an extension. They keep their own. He's their own. They drafted him. They developed him. He just had a career year. They've probably fallen in love with him. Most likely, we should prepare ourselves for Tony Pollard to be part of this team next year. You know, I,
0: I just, like I said, this this whole thing, when I got other guys around the league telling me 50-50 on how they feel, I wonder if the Cowboys really do feel the same way. I wonder if they really do feel like, you know, it's 50-50 on this guy. Well, Because we we talk about and we've seen everything about him sure. that is so positive. But then everything that we're talking about right now is like would lead you to believe like we can move on. You know, we can move on and, and spend that money or or get something else. So I, to me, I wonder if the Cowboys, like I say, my buddy at, at another team he's like, man, it's a great player, but. Yep, here we are. Smart thing to do is move on.
3: Today is uh, day one of the franchise tag window. So at any time, we really uh, could get uh, news on this. And, you know, there are, I think there are some positives. You know, I, I don't think there's a lot to be found on this show. But if you looked at it like, hey, we need five positions, and we're going to spend on one of them. We need premium players. You're like, well, we need corners. We need wide receivers. If you go spend for a premium corner, it's fifteen to twenty million. If you go spend for a premium wide receiver, it's twenty to thirty million. You can get a premium running back at ten million dollars. And if you're cap strapped, okay, we've taken ten mil off the books. Now we need to find four more players. We have three picks in the first two days of the draft. We need to find money or a, a hit in day three somehow. But our chances of of totally building this team out become much more difficult if we spend 20 million on that one player instead of the 10 and with this 10 we only have 1 year of risk you know, so I guess that's kind of the glass half full way of looking at what, what, what feels to be inevitability right now, chief Did I sell you at all.
4: No, I, I just, I can't get oh, like 10, 10 million for a premium player and, and off this injury. I can't confirm to you that he's a premium player anymore. And yeah. it's a shame. He had a premium player year. There's no question about that. If he's not injured, this is more of a conversation because you're talking about pre-injury a guy who didn't have the tread on his tires from college all the way through the first three years of his stay with the Cowboys. So it was like, okay, We can look at this one a little bit different because he's not the average running back that's just been ran into the ground since college. And so but now with the injury that convolutes things and and I don't want to just look at one thing and say this is what it is. But we keep going back to if the end game is to win a Super Bowl, the proof is in the pudding over the last decade. Plus, you can't spend $10 million on that position. You just can't do it. You're better off spending the money on that corner or that wide receiver. They just, yeah. they they help you win games and important games much more than that running back does.
3: Yeah. Uh, great offensive linemen, corners, wide receivers. I think that, especially because you need all three of those things right now. Like you got Tyler Smith, and if he stays healthy and continues to get better, that's a 12, 15 year player. Um, that you get to hang your hat on. And the ability to protect the quarterback and open up holes is going to be much more predictive of success than a running back who can have success if his offensive line opens up those holes for him. Okay, the the most interesting man in the history of Cowboys Twitter has done it again, Micah Parsons. A near nonstop fountain of engaging content is, is Micah. Mm-hmm. He's just killing it. Yeah. I think he's really the alpha that sports Twitter needs. Um, strong takes, and if you don't like it, it's on you. And it doesn't really seem yeah. to bother him that much. The only thing that's, that has seemed to bother him is, is is when he's out and about in person socially and it becomes overwhelming like he can't accomplish his tasks. But um,
0: but he likes being out there. He does. He, yeah, he likes showing it. up at Penn State wrestling or you know Super Bowl party or hockey game. I mean, he likes being in he the does. mix. Yeah. He really
3: does. So this JPA football account uh, tweeted that, Lions wide receiver Amara St. Brown is pushing for Jalen Ramsey to come to Detroit if he's released. Jalen, if you can hear this, I know you played with Jared Goff before. Detroit might seem like a landing spot, my guy. Talk to me, talk to me. Micah tweeted, "I'm sorry, no one's going from L.A. to Detroit." <laughs>
4: <laughs> so now he's got Detroit after him. Not on their own. Not on their own accord. That's yeah. true. Like Jared Goff had to be traded there. Yeah. Okay, he was not just volunteering himself to Detroit. The Cowboys play Detroit next. No, they. No, they don't. No, did they?
0: Do they? No, they don't. Mm-hmm. No, wait, they were the yes, second place. team. they sneak into. They yes. do. They do play because yeah, yeah. they're the second sure place do team. Play the Lions. Second place team. Can I, that be gonna in Detroit? A, Detroit's going to win the NFC North next year. They're coming on strong. Yeah. No, Aaron Rodgers. That Minnesota team. You know, Chicago.
2: Oh, the the Vikings are probably the number one team. You can book it now. Take it to Vegas. They will regress a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Like Barnwell's mm-hmm. article every mm-hmm. year. The teams that will regress, the Vikings are going to lead that article. Guaranteed. We got to
3: run, Nation. Uh, When we come back here, uh, baseball stuff. How much have expectations grown inside that Rangers clubhouse? We take you to surprise and give you what they're saying about how much better this team is. That is next here on 105.3 The Fan. All righty, welcome back, Nation. Hope you're having a good one. We are blessed to have an official baseball insider here on the show, Zach Wolchuk took that pre- and post-game show to another level, and he learned a lot about baseball over the course of multiple summers uh, doing that pre- and post-game show. And, uh, you know, of course, he's with us every day in the G-Bag Nation. So we're very excited now with the Rangers adding all these players, and it's great to have, uh, uh, you know, Wolchuk to provide us some insights on these topics. Of course, here at the fan, we also have uh, Mike Bassick, Jared Sandler, um uh derek holland working wednesdays on the mm-hmm. knc masterpiece so we're rangered up pretty good aren't we boys hell yeah
2: i'm pumped uh, and, and we get to go out to spring training on sunday that is right our first maiden voyage out there yeah yeah
3: hopefully it goes better than
2: brian's maiden voyage yeah well and that we were awful we were supposed to fly out the following week oh that's right so yeah. they were going to send go. us out there yeah
3: well last time Three days in, we were sitting around watching the Mavs game. Were they playing Denver that day? Denver, yeah. And uh, and there's Mark Cuban reacting to the league getting shut down live during the game on national TV. And we all kind of got together and, and hung out a little bit for the final time in a group setting like right. that, probably for the f- final time in about a year. And then a few days later, we jumped on a plane that had about eight people in it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was weird home. because I remember the next day, we really weren't sure what was going to happen. And we were in the broadcast booth doing our show and the Brewers were playing the Royals in a game they were going to play in front of us and both, you know, both teams went to home plate to exchange lineup cards and the league said, nah, we're not, we're not doing this. Yeah, so from letting, that point on, we were doing radio in an empty stadium for geez. like three days.
3: They were letting fans in and everything, and they' yeah. and you were getting ready to play a game, and and just then it just called ended it right there. So it was it was incredible to to be there as as the sports world was was changing in such a, a a big way, and really didn't recover for quite some time. But the topic is now, obviously, sports are full on back. Are the Rangers full on back? Is it time to start expecting winning? Have they done enough to put? The World Series conversation in play, you know, World Series conversation was in play in 2015, 2016. They get to the playoffs, lose to the Blue Jays in 2015. They had like the best record in the AL. So it hasn't been forever, but it's been too damn long uh, since they were legit at 877 881 I know there's so many Rangers fans out there. The first story here is, you know, the guy at the Prospects Times quantified it for us, made it real simple. And he tweeted, Texas Rangers baseball is going to be must-watch. They won the offseason, Wolchuk. The offseason's most improved teams uh, by war, wins against replacement. Rangers had a 9.9 wins, and that is uh, good for number one. They were better than the Yankees and the Mets and the Giants and the Red Sox and both L.A. teams. Uh, that, and that's tough to do, to, be, to beat uh, all those major market teams in, in offseason spending. But what's that get you? Is, it, is that a uh, a quick turnaround? 9.9 9 wins, so from what, 70-something to mid-80s or something, right. low 80s?
2: And I think last year you were kind of hoping, you know, could this team maybe, if if all things went well, could you be in the mid-80s? I think the entire offseason we've talked about that one loss record. And Bruce Bochy's been a manager who's been fantastic throughout the entire course of his career, uh, being able to navigate and and win you those kind of close games. You now have the the rotation and the big question will be health, but you should have one of the better starting rotations. the The one thing that they didn't add, though, is a middle of the lineup bat. And I still wonder, you know, could that end up happening via trade? Will they end up being buyers at the deadline? That's got to be the hope. You know, are they done just yet? Uh, and they're going to need to have guys like Nathaniel Lowe continue to have, the type of silver slugger season that he had a year ago, he's going to have to carry that over. A guy like Adolis Garcia, Marcus Simeon, who had a terrible start to the season. He can't do that again, right? The Rangers can't start slowly out of the gates like they did last year because you have two teams within your division in the Mariners and then the Astros who are the World Series favorite. So if you want to legitimately compete for the postseason, you can't put yourself behind the eight ball and end up with a slow and sluggish start. I expect Corey Seager with the new shift rules, to be one of the better shortstops offensively in all of Major League Baseball yet again. But I think Marcus Simeon is the guy that can take his game to another level productivity wise. He did it in the back half of last season. But the fact that he had such a poor start to the season, I think that's an area where the Rangers can see some vast improvement offensively. Hot start,
3: stay healthy, get that middle of the lineup bat. Let me ask you this, because Otani's agent is saying uh he deserves the right to head to free agency. Maybe the Angels decide to trade him. Would you expect the Rangers to be in? Is Otani a name, or is that just too much? Have they already added all their superstars?
2: No, well, because Otani is a. You know, I mean, you talk about as a bat. Holy hell! All yeah. of a sudden, you add Shohei Otani. That dude is an offensive power. You become the favorite, probably. No question. I think no. the Rangers would definitely be interested. Now, is there another team that can go ahead and? blow the Angels away with an offer, and would the Angels really want to trade him? Rangers show? can compete with any offer They now certainly can the with the farm. No yeah. doubt, mm-hmm. but would the, would the Angels be better suited to avoid trading him within the division? Maybe. Oh, Maybe. I would yeah. think but, so. But we have seen trades within the AL West before so and they I, were talking last year at the deadline. Yeah, Some teams they, were talking, so they, it's not a total deal shattered. breaker. Yeah. So I, I would expect the Rangers to absolutely be
4: involved. But I think something like that, and that's the importance of getting out to the hot start here, because I, I, there are enough holes on this roster that are going to prevent you from being the World Series team that we all hope. We're all hoping for, like, just could you make the playoffs? Can you compete for the playoffs? And the best way to do that is is play above your skis coming out of the gates, convince this organization that, hey, we need to be big time buyers at the deadline, yeah. really round out the roster and go full steam into the playoffs but it starts with having you know convincing them with enough wins on the front end that yeah we should be you know full-on buyers here okay uh 214 asks
3: what do y'all think about trevor bauer for the rangers um it seems like he's such a bad person nobody wants him around and that keeps happening and there's like there's things that he's done that people aren't bringing up uh they're too bad, or or something like that. But Trevor Bauer is a guy that you know teams want nothing to do with. So I'm just going to take their word for it on that. Okay, Brian, what you got? No, I'm
0: I'm sorry. I was while you guys were talking about uh, Shohei, I was I I remember a text that I sent to one of my general manager buddies in the league, and this was a while back. I think this goes all the way back to like November, okay. and it just reminded me because when we we said that. I asked. I said, uh, "Hey, if the Angels give up on Shohei, what would the Rangers have to send back? Lighter, et cetera? And they said, "I." He goes, "I doubt they have the pieces. Lighter would be twenty five percent of that haul. My gut says they can't pull it off." Oh, mm. really? Okay. That's that's just a general manager friend of mine. That was in November. Hmm. That was in November. So maybe some things have changed, but. It's just kind of like, man. I asked my guy about this.
2: Yeah, about yeah. this potential. They, trade. they certainly got a bump up in the updated prospect rankings, which yeah. will help them a little bit like there. Sixth
0: now or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They,
2: they've got six now on the top one hundred. But another yeah, guy, the sixth overall. Yes, in the in the in the top one hundred. Yeah. Okay, yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, to yeah. your point, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But another guy, and we haven't talked about him yet, is Josh Young. You know, Josh Young is a guy that needs to stay healthy, one, at third base. But Josh Young, they're hoping his bat as well, adding him to the lineup. Maybe maybe they're not as desperate for a middle-of-the-order bat because Josh Young helps things out as well.
3: So as far as expectations, uh, there's some quotes here. Bruce Bochi, we should have high expectations right now when you look at the improvements that have been made. I certainly want them to feel that. You should embrace that. And great managers know that great players do embrace the pressure, so there's no reason to worry about putting pressure on your players. If it breaks them, they aren't great. Nathaniel Lowe, he says, if there aren't changes going on, then it seems like we'd be okay with mediocrity. Shown by the people in this clubhouse and the people that are new coming in here, it seems like they're done with it. Oh, I love that. And Marcus Simeon says, I think the offseason sometimes it makes me mad how much we talk about what's on paper. And then we forget about the actual baseball that needs to be played. That's good veteran leadership right there. That's Nick Saban mindset. Just being absolutely in contempt of of getting credit for stuff you haven't done yet. I think that's great stuff from Simeon. But he also said in terms of experience in the room and the talent, veteran and young, we're a lot better than we were. Last year, Strap-in Rangers fans. We, we it sounds like we're back. Okay, uh, uh two down, three to go here in the G-Bag Nation. Old friend of the show says the Cowboys are fans of a top college quarterback. What's it mean for the future of the position?
1: It's next here in the nation. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours